What up, everybody? It's your boy, Tim Castleman, back with another edition of the Two Drink Tim podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, listening wherever you are. Hope that you're having a great day. Took a little break last week, got a few emails, people going, hey, man, did I did I miss an episode? And uh, no, I took a week off. I decided, eh, you know what? I don't want to record a podcast. And since I make tens and tens of cents with this podcast, I can do that. And the other reason is, like, the last couple of podcasts, I feel like have been pretty heavy, uh, talking about, like, getting out of a funk and my money issues and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, before we have to rename the podcast The Suicide Watch, why don't we just uh, take a break, uh, take a breath, enjoy a little time away, and then come back refreshed, renewed, ready to take on the fall and winter season. I can't believe it. It's like it's already October. It's like where the hell is 2013 and 14 gone? Apparently, I don't even know what year it is. It is 2014. Uh, Dementia is a motherfucker. That's all I got to say. So. Today, what do I want to talk about? Today, I want to talk about what's going on in my business and kind of give you some insight and experience on what uh, what's happening with me um, so that, as always, you can learn, right? So maybe I should rename this podcast the Don't Do What Tim Does Podcaster or something like that. So today, I want to talk about staffing, right? I know, ooh, sexy, fantastic. Tim, could you like talk about a more exciting topic like you know, project management or some crazy, um, you know, boring stuff like that. No, this is important because I have found that this is probably one of the most critical things you can do in any type of business. And you may be a solo entrepreneur like I was uh, many years ago and think I never want to have staff. Trust me. At some point, you're going to have to either outsource something. You're going to have to hire someone. Maybe you hire a full-time assistant. Maybe you're like several of my friends where you got like a whole freaking baseball, basketball team working for you, where you got employees and employees and more employees and all that. Now, let's start off at the very beginning, okay? What I would tell you is you need to kind of, and, and I did not do this. In fact, I uh, I am doing this now because I screwed up and did not do it when I should have years ago. And that is you need to kind of sit down and think about what type of business it is that you want in terms of staffing. For instance, I've, I have several friends of mine who I mentioned earlier who have lots of people on staff. You know, you're talking probably payrolls of 20, 30, 40 plus thousand dollars a month. I have no desire or interest to be in that racket, right? I just don't. I, um, you know, it's just not for me. I have zero interest in having a staff of 12 people because of the monthly upkeep, you know, the where I kind of have to shift from a manager uh, or a creative type to a manager type. Like that just doesn't, I have zero interest in doing that. Now, I know, I know I could hire someone that could manage all them and all, but it's just it, right now, as of this recording, that's too much for me, okay? I can't even get out of bed most days before 9.30. So I don't exactly see me being the management type. And that's something, you know, I joke about it, but it's something really serious you need to consider, which is what type of person are you? You know, for me, it's very difficult for me to go be hippie creative, okay? As I like to call it, where I can sit down and write my book or record a video or do a podcast and then also have to be kind of analytical and managerial where I'm like, hey, did we get these TPS reports done? Yeah, see, we're putting cover sheets on all the covers of the TPS reports now. So I think it's important that you understand that and that you realize that. Now, you know, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Ben Atkins, you know, he has a business partner that kind of handles the business side of it. And that's great, except for the fact that he probably 
probably has to give a pretty healthy percentage of the company up for doing that. I've already done that once with miserable results. And, you know, once you get punched in the balls and face simultaneously once, and you're like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do that again. So I don't envision myself being in that situation. So I think it's important for you to sit down. And, and literally write out kind of what type of business you're looking to do. So this past week, I, I wrote a little bit about it. You know, I called it my little Declaration of Independence. Too bad it's not the 4th of July or we could do a little cool little tie in there, right? But I was like, hey, I want to run a simple little business, right, that does about $500,000 a year in gross sales because that's more than what I'm doing now and has no more than two full-time employees. Everything else will be managed by outsourcers. And that's the great thing about this world that we live in today. There's nothing that you can't outsource on a short-term basis. And my first recommendation to you would be to outsource before you hire. Meaning, you know, let me give you an example. We have some recurring revenue reports that get done each and every month. In the past, I was having a staff member do that and paying them very handsomely to to do so. Okay, now what that staff member does is manage an outsourcer who we pay like 120th of the fee that I was paying before to do the reports for us and, and submit them. So I don't need that staff member to do the reports, which frees up their time, and the cost is substantially lower to have it outsourced one time each and every month. And we have said outsourcer um, understands what we need now, and what we do with them is uh, we just say, you know, we shoot them an email, or actually they contact us and say, hey, the, the report time's coming up, do I need to do this for you. They do them, they do a great job, and as a result, now that, that job is completely and totally outsourced, but I don't need staff to handle that like I would if I was having that stuff done in-house. So not only should you make a determination of how big of a company you kind of want, right, and what type of role you want to take with that company, but also, what, you know, what do you want to outsource? For instance, all the writing that I do for my nonfiction books are, is all done by me. Uh, the product creation stuff is all done by me. The sales letters, the graphics, that's all outsourced. The customer support, that's outsourced. Um, you know, any editing or anything like that, that's all outsourced. So I think it's important to understand what type of company you want, kind of what you're shooting for, how what that looks like in your mind, and understand that's going to change. I guarantee you next year, right, I'm going to have more employees if it dictates and mandates that I need to do that. But I'm starting a ground where I say, hey, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to be. Let's see what happens. And then after that, then go on and determine, you know, what parts of your business you want to outsource. And the easiest way to do that for me is to write a list of everything I do or keep track of everything I do in a week and, and basically just do a plus minus. A plus means it gives you energy and fulfills you. A minus means it drains you, it drags you down, you hate it, you want to punch it you know, someone in the face when you get done with it. Luckily for me, there's a lot of things, or actually luckily for the outsourcing community, there's a lot of things that uh, in this business that really frustrate me. And as a result of that, um, you know, allow me to outsource pretty handedly. So now you kind of know what your business looks like, right? You know, kind of what, how many employees you're looking at, you know, the task. Now you got to go about hiring and firing. And this is the hardest part. And this is the part that I am not an expert at. I still screw up uh, considerably and consistently. Okay. Uh, In fact, uh, we're making some changes behind the scenes right now to kind of reflect that. So let me tell you where I started. Let me, let me just share my journey with you. And then let me tell you where we're headed. So when I first got into it, I did what everybody else recommends, right? Uh, The John Jonas's of the world and everybody. And I went over and got myself a little $3 an hour Filipino worker. 
right? And I thought it was great and it was awesome and they did such a great job and who cares if they're shitty because even if they work 100 hours, that's only 300 bucks. Well, you have the language barrier to deal with, one. You have the cultural barrier to deal with and you have the time difference, you know, the fact that they work while you sleep and you sleep while they work. And you have the fact that, you know, maybe it's just not a good fit. And it wasn't for me because I found when you try to hire by price, you get you get people that are only concerned about price. So if I pay them $3 and you come along and pay them $3.05, they're like, holy crap, uh, I need to have go work for this guy because I make an extra $0.05. Cents. Also, to me, right, the language and cultural barriers are a lot to overcome. What I mean is the Filipinos that I work with, and I'm not generalizing all of them, I'm just stating the ones that I work with, were very... I don't want to say docile and dormant, but that's all like, they, you know, I need someone that's going to go, hey, Tim, let's think about that. I don't think that's a good idea. Not someone that's like, yes, sir, I think it's fantastic that you want to light the building on fire with all your customers in it. So you need to have somebody that's going to kind of help offset um, that and someone that's willing to, to kind of voice the opinion if that's what you're looking for. And I think it's another good tip is don't hire someone just like you because you need someone to be totally different than you. Okay. The reason, one of the many reasons my partnership didn't work uh, with my old business partner um, was because we were similar in a lot of areas. So each other's strengths were each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses were the same weaknesses. So we got no benefit of really working together, but we did get the benefit of having to split the money 50-50, right? Terrible benefit, by the way. Um, so understand you know, kind of who you are and, and what the weaknesses you have and the strengths that you need. That's very, very powerful. So I got the cheap overseas worker, right? And I was like, this is great. This is awesome. This is fantastic. Now, one thing about me that I will fully admit is I'm terrible. And this is kind of, kind of funny since I consider myself a pretty good product creator. Like I can teach a product, no problem. And I can teach a process, no problem to customers. But teaching it to staff is a pain in the ass for me. For whatever reason, it's a block. Now, I've gotten better. And I'll tell you what I do. I simply use screen capture all the time and I record a process, then I put it up on YouTube and an unlisted video channel and I send it to them. That's that's helpful to do. But you have to be proactive to do that. The other thing is, right, I want to hire people and you should hire people that have a, this thing called a brain, right? I hate it when people ask me questions. I don't hate it, okay? It's frustrating to be continually asked questions that are a simple Google search away. And sometimes I will remind my staff lovingly when they ask me too many of those questions by giving them the domain of Google and reminding them that there's a wide world out there. So you definitely want to hire people that are proactive, okay, and that people are willing to at least attempt to figure it out beforehand. I'm much more willing to help somebody if they come to me and say, hey, Tim, I tried this, this, and this. It didn't work. Can you show me that? And I go, oh, yeah, hey, let's let's fix it together. Then someone that's like, oh, spoon feed me, spoon feed me. I'm a baby bird. I'm a baby bird, right? No idea where the baby bird reference came from. There you go. So, you got, you know, your kind of business structure. You kind of know what you're looking for. You know your strengths. You know your weaknesses. You know the people there. So we hired the Filipinos. That didn't go well. Then I decided, you know what? I'm going to hire a U.S. born, uh, U.S. speaking, U.S. whatever um, citizen because I'm here in the States. And, you know, why not? God bless America, apple pie, all that good stuff. So I do. Now, here's something I didn't know about myself then that I do now. And I know I've talked about it on the previous podcast, but that is I love dumpster fires. Uh, they are like, if you're a female and you're a dumpster fire, chances are I totally want to have sex with you, 
right? Just because of my fixer mentality, right? Like my fixer mentality is like, this person is broken and, you know, like I can fix them. And because I can fix them, right, I'll make them better. And because they're better then I have more worth. And that is the worst fucking thing you can do for business. Okay. And I've learned this about myself through now years of, of counseling and therapy and figuring it out. But like the first VA that I hired in the U.S. was a dumpster fire. And I hired her because I wanted to rescue her. Okay. And I didn't know this. All right. In case said VA is listening to this. I didn't know this. Okay. When, when I hired said person, I just was like, hey, this person needs help. I want to rescue them. They seem like a good fit. Chances are if someone brings drama and um, yeah, just drama into the business, that's not going to change by you hiring them. Chances are they're so familiar with that lifestyle that if you actually tried to remove them from said drama, they would freak out and find a way to create new drama. It's kind of like how broke people are always broke. One, it's because they don't learn, okay? But, or, you know, a better example is like lotto winners. Most of the lotto winners go broke because they, they're not used to having that money. So they're given a bunch of money and subconsciously their brain and their body and their soul goes, I, I want to get back to where it's comfortable. This isn't comfortable for me. This isn't comfortable for me. I've got to get back to where it is. So let's spend all the money. Let's, let's take all the bad habits that we have, continue to do them. And then once we're broke, yeah, it sucks, but at least we're comfortable. We know, and this is familiar. So one thing I would encourage you to do is not to hire people because you want to help them or rescue them, okay? This is very tough for me, all right? I'm speaking from the brain because my heart's still like, no, but wait, 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 we can help them, right? We can rescue them. Come on, man, you know, do your part, okay? Um, but I've come to understand that at the end of the day, this is a business. And here's the problem with people that are attached to drama or that people that aren't proactive, they have no problem living off the tit until it dies. Okay. So you may have all these people that you want to help and rescue, but they don't want to help and rescue you and your business. They just want a paycheck. So as long as that paycheck comes, they have no problems. Well, the more you spend on people like that and with people like that, the less healthy the business is. And then you find yourself into a situation where your payroll exceeds your income or dwarfs your income, and then your business slowly dies. And I can assure you that those same people that you help and rescued will not be there to help and rescue you if the role was reversed. So there you go, right? So that was my first assistant. That didn't work out. She self-eliminated. Uh, she's doing much better and in a much better place in her life and all that good stuff last time we talked. And that's great for her. And I wish her nothing but the best. So then I met the wonderful and talented Paula Steen, who is my assistant. She is not for hire. If you try to hire her from me, I will send an Ebola-filled tub to your house. I, I don't know. Some bad shit's going to happen. I'm just saying. Drone strikes... We know the U.S. has no problem using them, myself included, okay? So the thing that set Paula apart, because I get people to go, well, Tim, how can I get a Paula of my own, was that she was proactive, okay, and that she was good with my weaknesses, okay? And I hate to say it like this, but, like, I tend to hire females because they're more nurturing and motherly than like a guy who's like bro you got this i'm like no no i just i just need a hug right now they're like you got this bro chest bumping you're like no no hold me it's uncomfortable just listen to the beating of my heart right 
But the thing that really excited me about Paula was that she was proactive, that she understood the business I was in, which is very rare, right? And that she would go and, and do stuff on her own to try and better our situation than just come to me and go, what's next, what's next? She'd go, you know, I was thinking about the business and maybe we should try this and maybe we should try that. And that's the ideal employee. Now, Paula started with me part-time and then I quickly realized because other people were trying to poach her away, I got to protect her and me. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and hire her full-time, which was great and awesome and amazing until Paula discovered a little thing called teespring.com and then her world and my world imploded because Paula started becoming a baller on a budget and making some serious freaking money. So Paula, like, owns half a Teespring now. Joking, joking. She, she was doing really, really well with it. And as a result of that, okay, her priorities naturally shifted. Okay, and I want to be clear. I know we're, like, 15 minutes into this, and I haven't said this. I, I'm a terrible employee. So part of this, I feel like, is my penance for being such a shitty employee. Um, some of the stuff I'm having to go through. Okay, that's the other reason why I don't want to have kids, because I was a terrible child, and I know that karma meter is going to swing right back to me. But now we got a problem, right? Because Paula's making all this money over here, right? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times what I'm paying her per month. Yet she's still trying to maintain my business as well and help me with that and grow it and, and do that. And it's just, it's natural, right? It's like, hey, I got this guy over here that's willing to give me $10,000 for the same time that you're willing to give me 500. Well, who's going to win out? Well, if you're not an idiot, Matt, the 10K guy wins out all the time, every time. And that's awesome. And that's amazing. So Paula goes, hey, listen, you know, um, I'm going to have my chauffeur call you tomorrow and I'm going to go down to part time. Here's the thing I have discovered, because here's what I did. All right, so I had Paula. She went down to part-time. I was like, I'll just hire Paula too, if you will, and have two part-time assistants duct tape that whole business together, and I'm sure it'll run like a well-oiled machine. Right? I'll just take this Ferrari body here and put this Pinto engine in it, and no problems at all. I'm sure of it. And surprise, surprise, it didn't work out so well. And, and here's why. Okay, When you have people that don't depend on your job or your money for their income – you have a fractional, they have a fractional view, you know, if, if they're doing that job for beer money, then they don't need it and they don't need to be as serious and they don't need to be as dedicated and they don't need to be as focused on the job as you do who you're like, Hey, if this thing goes away, I got to go back to asking if you'd like fries with that. So just understand that, you know, I used to be like, oh, do part-time and then go to full-time. And I think that's still appropriate when you're getting started. But the second you can, you've got to hire somebody full-time. So that's where I'm at with my business right now, okay? I, I've gone through several assistants, okay? I had a part-time assistant that did an okay job. She did an okay job. Not a great job, not a bad job, but okay job. But... Basically, we had to let her go because, one, it was part-time. Two, there was always something going on that was affecting the job. And three, it was like, you know, I'd have repeated um, calls with this employee and be like, hey, listen, I want you to, you know, work yourself into a full-time job. You do it. You tell me why you need the hours. I'll give you the hours. I'll give you the money. I have no problem with it. And they would never take the initiative to do that. It was always the mama bird thing. 
So with that, I said, eh, you know what? Not interested. Going to have to make a change. And that's very tough and difficult for me, okay? And I know that the Donald Trumps of the world can say you're fired and all that, but that stuff really affects me. And what I will tell you if you're in that situation is, one, chances are they already know they're not a good fit. They're just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. And two, when you do it, it will be a relief to you and to them. There was an immediate relief of tension and resolve once I said, hey, you know what? This really isn't working out. I got to make a change for not only me, but for said employee. So now I'm in a way kind of back to square one because I've still got Paula. She's doing part-time stuff with me, right? And, and helping out as much as she can. But ultimately I need to hire a full-time assistant. So this is where I am right now. So let me tell you what my plan is. And then, you know, in future months, if you hear me crying on a podcast, you know, things went horribly wrong, right? Or whatever. Um, so here, here's the plan. I'm going to go out and I'm going to seek a full-time employee, someone that I can pay handsomely, okay? And handsomely is, you know, up to you in, in your situation, but for at least 35 to 40 hours of employment, okay? I'm going to have a clear job description for them, and I'm going to have the, cl- the task clearly assigned to individuals. Because that's the other problem when you have multiple people on staff. It's like, okay, guys, I need someone to do this. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. And then you're like, hey, nobody did this. And they're like, oh, boss, I'm sorry. I thought Sherry was going to do it. I thought this person was going to do it. I thought that. So for me, what I'm going to do is say, hey, these are the four or five areas that you're going to be responsible for. They're your primary responsibility. And for me, this is me, the ideal candidate would be somebody who is older, even older than me. That's fine. Okay. Someone that can be a stay-at-home type person. Someone that has older kids, so we're not doing staff meetings with, you know, babies crying in the background and stuff like that. Someone that understands internet marketing, all right? And by the way, if you listen to this, you're like, holy shit, this is me, reach out to me. Contact Castleman at gmail.com. So older, okay, stay-at-home capabilities, has a good computer. That's one thing. I, that's so stupid because I'm a gadget guy. I automatically assume everybody else is. So like when we're talking on a Commodore 64, I'm like, what are you talking through a tin can and a string? And they're like, well, no, I've got this dial-up Wi-Fi, hi-fi, shoestring internet connection. Right? So make sure they have a good computer. Make sure that they have good internet. That's huge. Make sure that they understand the business or at least the framework of the business. If they don't find a program that will teach them that or will help them through that process or set aside time each week to do that. I'm terrible about it. I must fix that problem because I, I feel like I probably lost some people that I could have saved or, or could have been good. Um, but because I didn't train them or didn't have training available, it was kind of like, eh, okay, you know what, it's time for you to go. All right? And the other thing I do is, is be, and this is the old uh, hire slow, fire, fast. And I, I'll be honest, I used to think it was bullshit, right? I was like, ah, bullshit, whatever. But the more that I hire people, the more I'm like, eh, maybe there's something to it. So it's okay to have people go through some tasks prior to hiring them. Okay, so maybe you want to have them shoot a video of themselves and upload it to YouTube. Maybe you want to have them respond to a few fake customer emails and see how they would respond. My whole point is the more you know about that person before you sign the check and shake the hand and kiss the baby, that's the person that you're really going to get. And also understand that there is a honeymoon period, right? Remember that first few months when you were dating your significant other? 
right? And you were like, man, this is so great. They finish my sentences. They know what I'm thinking. We have sex all the time, and it's wonderful and amazing. And like, you know, six months later, you're like, that bitch will not let me finish a sentence. I can't even finish what I'm thinking here. She doesn't even know what my penis looks like. It's been so long, right? Her idea of a home-cooked meal is going to McDonald's instead of Burger King. Like, well, that's the person they really were. You just got the the tingles and the googly eyes. You're like, you know, it, I, it's kind of weird that she boils, um, you know, chickens alive. But, you know, she loves me, so I, I'm sure I can change her. And the truth of the matter is you can't. And for me, the biggest thing that I want is someone that's going to be drama-free, okay? Someone that has a willingness to learn and be a self-starter. Because I don't like having to sit there and crack the whip. That's not me. That That's a minus for me. That drains me. That's not something that I enjoy doing. Eventually, I will hire a whip cracker, I'm sure, okay? I, I'll hire a whip cracker and someone like a fan girl, you know, just like fan me. I am warm. And someone that's like, crack that whip, bam. But above all, you want to hire someone that's proactive instead of reactive. So you want someone that obviously you're going to have to give them some time to get interested and acclimated in your business. But after 30 to 60 days, they should start coming to you with with things that they see or solutions that they have or ideas that they have. Now, that's important for you to let them express those ideas. And if you don't like them, to not just be like, no, that idea is shit. And you're, you know, be like, hey, this is why I think this idea is not so great. And here's what I'm thinking about. Or I've tried that. Or we've done this. Or whatever it is. Okay? So have someone um, that is going to be proactive instead of reactive. And most importantly, have somebody that's going to take on your business as if it is their own business. Now, there's a lot of ways you can incentivize those people. It could be bonuses, right, financial or otherwise. And you really should find out what makes that person feel ticked uh, in, in a way, quote unquote, loved. Now, I know this is kind of different than other people, but I'm, I'm just going to make this recommendation. If I were you, in addition to having them take like some personality tests and, and some, you know, what what color of the rainbow are you type test where you find out their strengths and weaknesses. I'd actually also have them go through the book called The Five Love Languages. And again, I, I know some of you are like, uh, should I be lighting a candle and turning on some music right now? Here's the whole point, okay? The great thing about The Five Love Languages, it lets you know how that person feels most appreciated in relationships. And I, you know, next to my marriage, okay, I spend the most time with the people on my team. So it's important to know how they feel loved and valued. For instance, okay, Paula is of words of affirmation. So it's great that I can send her a toy or some extra money, but it means the world to her when I go, Paula, you did a great job. I really appreciate you. Like that means more, like I could, you know, my wife is the same way, right? I could buy her a Lexus tomorrow, or I could tell her how beautiful she looks in her dress. The one that's going to get the most results and the most impact to her is the dress comment even though she would somehow find it a way in her heart to keep the Lexus. So I really do feel like it's important It's important for you to know that so that you can reward those people appropriately. Also, you need to understand you know, their financial condition. Like I used to send gadgets to Paula, and she's like, Tim, I love those. Those are great. Those are awesome. But I like to eat. So you know, if we're going to do bonuses, can we do them cash-based? Because I need the money more than I need uh, an MP3 player, a Kindle Fire, an X, a Y, a Z. So going back to it, okay. So I'm going to want someone that's older, 
Okay, I'm going to want someone that uh, can be stay at home. I'm going to be someone that's a little analytical, but not too analytical, right? I don't want someone that gets wrapped up and is like, well, the fawn is two millimeter. It's like I, I need someone that understands the 80% that's bullshit and the 20% that matters. I need someone that's proactive. I need someone that's got a good internet and a good computer connection. But above all, someone that can be committed to the cause and is willing to take on the responsibility of working in a small business. Because this isn't like corporate America where you're like, um, yeah, that's Bob's job to put the cover sheet on the TPS report. It's like, hey, listen, we need the TPS reports to go out. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's little cluck cluck over in his village. I don't care who that is. But someone, somewhere, somehow has to do it. And then again, I would set up a certain number of tasks to uh, eliminate a large majority of the people. And it's okay if you eliminate 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80% of the people each time you do it, right? Because if they're not going to perform how you need them to do now, chances are they're not going to perform uh, how you want them to when you're paying them. And then do an interview, okay? And again, those interview questions, ask what you want, you know, do do what you need to, do how, whatever it is that you feel is important to do that, okay? And then I would hire them on a one-off project basis or for a short time or with an understanding that, listen, you know, I'm going to hire you. You have a 90-day probational period at any time for any reason. I could say you're fired and you're fired. But you have to give them some time. That's the other thing. I've got a good friend of mine that hires new people, it seems like, every week. And, you know, Monday I'm like, hey, how's it going? It's going really good, man. It's going really good. And then Friday I'm like, hey, how's it going? I had to let that person go because, you know, they didn't understand everything about my business two seconds into it. You have to give people time to mature, to grow into a business. You've got to give them time to see if they're going to be a good fit in the business. Now, I say that, but I also say this. At, you also need to listen to your gut, okay? Because chances are you know your gut knows long before you do it, and you're just kind of ignoring it. You're like, yeah, yeah. that's a warning signal, but you know what? Shh, gut, shh, shh, don't, don't do that. You need to listen to your gut. And if you have any big takeaways or you're like, hmm, something's not right here, probably better to go with your gut and eject than not to. And also, I have found that giving layered levels of access helps as well. So it's like day one, here's the email inbox, you know. Day 10, you know, here's how to access our Amazon S3 account, you know. But even to this day, there's only one person, that's me, uh, and one other person that has access to my critical information, my credit cards, you know, my business information, things like that. It's important not to just open the door and say, hey, you're my savior, you're my Buddha, you're my whatever. Here's everything and anything you could ever want or need about my business. Layered levels of access. And if you need to, find ways to incentivize them. Maybe it's not a raise. Right? I don't believe in giving a raise just because you've worked here X number of months, weeks, or years. I'm a big believer in, holy crap, you made me some extra money. Here's a bonus. Holy crap, you continue to make me extra money. Here's some more salary. Make employees work for their raises. It would probably be a good idea to sit down and say, okay, here's where you start. Here's how you get to the next level and the next level and the, and and make that a part of the thing maybe they got to go through some courses maybe they got to read some books maybe they got to take some initiative or work on some x y or z whatever it is in your business figure that out but let them know always keep that brass ring in front of them okay 
Because if they know the path they need to take to make you happy and to make you more money and to make things smoother and to make more money at the end of it, then chances are they're going to be a lot more willing to do that than just be like, uh, I don't know. So have a job description. Have something out there that you can share with them and say, here's kind of the task I'm looking for. Always with the understanding that these can change at any time for any reason and I need you to be flexible. Put them through their paces prior to hiring now don't you know don't ask for like a hundred freaking hours but you know if you're not willing to spend an hour total on some task trying to get my job then chances are you're not going to do that for instance right now i've recorded this and i'm thinking about it loud one of the requirements is going to be probably to listen to this episode so that they'll know my whole complete total history and if they're the right person they're going to have this and they're going to know exactly what they need to do at the end of it if not, if they're like, well, I don't want to listen to your podcast. It's like, well, then I don't want to hire you or employ you. Okay? And if at any time during that 90 days things aren't working out, give them an option to retrain it, retrain on it. If, but if it continues to be a problem, you got to let them go. I read this in Dan Kennedy's book years ago, and I thought, ah, Dan, you're just a grumpy old bitter man and not true. But he said everything goes to shit in the end, right? Or everything comes to an end. Maybe that's my thing. Everything goes to shit in the end. And the truth of the matter is, no matter how awesome and amazing of an employee people are, right? Times change, situations change, life change, and you change. And maybe your business goes under a change that you need to make some, some drastic cutbacks and with staffing or maybe their life situation changes you know another thing and i'm not gonna display it or talk about it publicly but paula is getting ready to experience a really cool thing this month you know but because of that her life is going to be forever changed okay and because of that her attention to the business is going to become less not because she doesn't well not because she wants it to be but because that's just how life is when these events happen so you need to understand and always have a plan B and never get so attached or so ingrained to an employee or a situation that you can't walk away from it. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it sucks. Yes, you don't want it to be like that. But, you know, you can live with your head up your ass or you can live in reality and one of them is going to cost you a lot of money and one of them is going to make you a lot of money. So don't ever get too attached. And if you can... Over time, try to systemize the process to where you've got the training so that if person X goes away, person Y can still learn from all the videos or the emails or the whatever, okay? And you've got a hiring process in place that makes sense for you. For me, personally, that means hiring a U.S.-speaking, U.S.-born citizen that I can at any time jump on a plane and go see, okay? I know a lot of people do really well with the overseas market, and that's great for them. I just haven't had a ton of luck with that. And for me, I want an employee that understands my situation, my weaknesses, my strengths, and can offset and complement those instead of having a similar set. And also someone that can you know, be proactive instead of reactive, someone that can enjoy working at a fun uh, business that get, you know, doesn't mind traveling. If I'm like, hey, let's go to San Diego for this event. Let's go do X, Y, Z. Uh, so it's important that you understand and that you kind of set those boundaries or guidelines up at the beginning, keeping broad brushstrokes as possible because you know the life of an entrepreneur is always changing. And I really feel like if you do this, you're going to have a lot better success than I did. 
And if you're just getting started, what I'd recommend is sit down, figure out what type of business it is that you want, figure out the role and where this, these people uh, or this person is going to fit in, figure out the skills they're going to need to be able to do that, okay? Then go out and test and hire people based upon those skills. Anytime that you do any type of training, try to record it in some form or fashion, because if you can do that, then chances are when you have to hire another employee or someone to take their place or just add on to staff, you won't have to do it over again. And provide constant feedback to that person. Be talking with them daily or weekly. Set up mandatory performance reviews. Like, hey, 30 days from today, we are going to talk about your performance. That way they know and you know. And set up a path that they can follow so that they know how they can make you more money and be more valuable to you and in turn make more money for themselves. Because the bottom line is a good employee shouldn't cost you anything. A good employee should make you money. So there you go. There you have it. That's this week's edition of the Two Drink Tip Podcast. I'll, uh, I'll do a future episode on this, kind of let you know how it goes. Again, I'm, I'm learning, and if you have any tips or tricks out there or you're listening to this and you're like, holy crap, Tim, I'm the person for this said job, hit me up at contacttimcastleman at gmail.com. Again, contacttimcastleman at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. I promise I'll get back into a routine of recording these on a regular basis for you. Uh, appreciate your patience as I take some time to kind of restructure the business behind the scenes. And as always, I will be more than happy to share the good, the bad, the ugly with you. So until next time, be well.